Hello, creative souls, and welcome to Inner Promptings, the podcast to support and inspire your creative essence, a platform that will encourage you to listen to those gentle tugs at your soul to expand and open yourself to new possibilities. Hi, my name is Joanne Venegro Bromley, and I'm so, so happy to have you join me today. Well, welcome 2020. Oh gosh, it has been way too long. And although I haven't recorded as much as I would have liked this year, I have been learning and researching and trying so many new things. I discovered YouTube videos and oh boy, I have been like a kid in a candy store, diving into making mixed media and love, love, loving it playing and experimenting and using throwaways and items that you would never consider putting on an art piece. And wow, the outcomes are amazing. Again, just because I haven't been recording, I think about you guys all the time and what kind of messages that you need to hear and I need to share. So I have lots of subjects I would like to share with you this year, and I promise I will be better about uh, this podcast, and um, I'm just excited about the whole uh, adventure. One of the most exciting news I acquired this past fall was a brand new program called Arts and Health. Rhode Island is the first state in the entire country to initiate such a program. And I believe if managed correctly, we will be groundbreaking. This program is a collaboration between the Rhode Island Health Department and the Rhode Island Council on the Arts. And their goal is to create healing through immersion in the arts programs, not only for the ill, but for the caretakers as well. I am so excited about this because I have always known about the healing effects of creating and now the state recognizes this and it is implementing this program. Again, the first in the country. I am so proud. Makes me feel so good and excited about the future for the arts as well as healthcare. I will share in upcoming episodes any news or accomplishments that come from this and if you are interested in getting involved, you can reach... um, the woman in charge at Arts Rhode Island, her name is Sherilyn Brown. The email address is s-h-e-r-i-l-y-n dot brown at arts dot r-i dot gov. And I'll say it again. Sherilyn, s-h-e-r-i-l-y-n dot B-R-O-W-N at A-R-T-S dot R-I dot G-O-V. Or you can contact Stephen Boudreau, who's part of the Health Rhode Island, and his name is S-T-E-V-E-N dot B-O-U-D-R-E-A-U at health dot Rhode Island dot gov. So again, S T E V E N dot B O U D R E A U at H E A L T H dot R I dot G O V. Oh, I, I'm going to hopefully be volunteering with them because I just think. The program needs support and ideas, and it's very, very exciting.
Okay, so it's 2020, a new year, a new decade, and of course, 2020 just reminds me of clarity, getting clearer about what we want in this life. Remember what you focus on expands, so focus on what you desire, created in your life, small steps, even failures, at least that shows you're trying, but create a gratitude mindset. Be grateful. I'm actually finally going to begin a gratitude journal. I've tried it before and I didn't, wasn't consistent and I am very grateful and, and I want to be able to keep my mindset on the positive. So I'm going to write down every day at least three things that I am grateful for. And, and what this does is it forces you to watch during the day because you know you have to write down three things. And so you're looking for the positive instead of focusing on all the negative that happens. And believe me, it will switch up your thinking on a more positive level. Now, I found this quote from Alan Bright, and I think it's perfect for this first podcast of 2020. So here's the quote. If you think about it, none of the great stuff in our lives comes from staying where we are. Ever exclamation point. It's when you dare to go for something more, to give ourselves the gift of facing our fears and doing whatever it is that our heart and soul wants to do. Travel, paint, sing, write, draw, end quote. And as well, always at Artistry Collaborative, we always say, just try. Isn't that incredible? So, Go out there, stretch yourself a little bit, try some things. I think you will make 2020 a fabulous, fabulous year. So thank you so much for listening and supporting me. I may not personally know you, but I love you because we are all in this together. Please follow me on this podcast. Please share it with your friends. And if you have any ideas or questions, or if you'd like to be on the podcast, you have an exciting um event going on or you're doing something exciting you're learning a new technique art technique let me uh interview you it's very painless i promise um and it's actually a good time so stay tuned because i have a great interview with robin reese she is a a woman i met i actually auditioned for her because she's doing a fabulous play come this spring And uh, she is a pastor, a principal, a poet, a writer, and an amazing, amazing woman. And I'm so excited that we got to meet, and I know that we will collaborate together in the future. She's just wonderful, and I hope you can stay tuned, listen to what her process is, and um, I am so grateful for you. And please, keep on creating. Hello, creative souls, and welcome back. Um, I am here with the fabulous Robin Reese. I just recently met her about a month ago. I auditioned for this incredible play that she's working on called Roman's Way. Um, Very moving. um, So moving that while auditioning, I teared up, which I don't normally do. Um, So it really was uh, incredible. And then I came the next day to a open mic 
and I saw her do some of her poetry, and I, I will never look at canned goods again the same way. <laughs> so it really is. She is fabulous, and I want to talk about Roman's Way and what she does. And um, Robin, thank you so much, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast with you this evening, and um, I am so excited for the opportunity to have met you and for us to become friends and mm -hmm. to know each other. Um, and it's really exciting, I think, what is happening in the arts in this season um, and what is happening in terms of theater right now. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. Awesome. Happy to be a part of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Theater is just like booming lately. Yes, it is. I had the opportunity to see a Christmas carol last night at mm. the Trinity Rep. And it got all of my juices, my theater juices <laughs> flowing. And they have been the last uh, few weeks because I'm really um, inundated with all of the specifics around casting for, actually the play is Roman's Road. Roman's Road. Yes. I'm and sorry. so um, I have had my second round of auditions and I think we're going, going to be able to build a pretty solid cast. Um, but it is definitely a play that's evoking quite a bit of emotion from the people that are auditioning. So you weren't the only one who had a tearful moment All right. okay. <laughs> in the process of reading lines <laughs> and auditioning. So, um, so far, so good, you know, um, but it is a, it is a play that I think is going to really be life on the stage. You know, that's what theater is anyway. It's really life on stage. But I think this particular play is designed um, to evoke um, and to sort of um, pick at human emotion and to allow people to dig deeper into their past, maybe figure out and um, assess a little of the things that cause them to be who they are now. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's what we're working on. So, well, and that I always say that that's always been my biggest desire is to not only entertain, but into enlighten, mm -hmm. to just let you, if you can walk away and think about what you just saw, it doesn't mean I'm going to change your mind, but at least revisit. I think you are on the road to a great thing. Absolutely. I, and I think that is the true, um, purpose of theater. I think that is the true mark of good good playwrights and directors, which is to give people the opportunity to think and to create characters that are layered enough to live with you long after the curtain closes. And that's what I'm hoping that this play does. Um, it's based on um, a teaching by Dr. Mark Stibbe um, called The Father's Heart. And it is something that we do at, um, it's a class, it's actually a 14 hour course that takes place um, here at my church, um, which is New Dimension Apostolic Center right here in Providence, Rhode Island. And um, we've done the course now probably I think over the last six years and we do it once a year. And it is designed to allow people to explore their relationships with their human fathers. Um, there, there's a mother wound section too, but it, it's really about the wounds that we have been um, unintentionally inflicted with from the natural parentage that we have, mainly the father. And it goes through the seven father types. So depending on what type of father you had, shapes really, you know, the person that you become. A father's 
are so much of our identity. We get our identity from the father, um, be he absent or um, abdicating, if he was abusive, if he was apathetic, if he was authoritarian, you know, if he was addicted to something, you know, all of those father types, you know, lead to different experiences that children have. And we grow up, you know, into adults with the experience, with those experiences and they shape the person that we are. Um, and then the teaching then points you to, you know, to God, who is our heavenly father, who is the perfect father, which allows us then to forgive the mistakes of our earthly fathers and move into a life of freedom um, as a result of that. And so this character in this play, Roman, um, is a man who is in his late 40s, who's very accomplished. Um, he is a um, a cardiac surgeon. Um, he's married to a doctor who is a pediatrician. Um, so this is a family of means and they have two beautiful children who are in private schools and all of the things that you would think make a um, really wonderful life for a family, yet they are plagued consistently by um, Roman's very um, volatile personality. And for years, he has ruled the roost with a, with a firm hand. And so we bring in some zany characters, take him back to his past a little bit, bring in a counselor, which is a, a spiritual type of um, counselor, and allow Roman to explore on stage in front of us the things that have made him who he is. And hopefully by getting in touch with that, he is able to then take a different path and create a more healthy relationship with his wife and a definitely, definitely a more loving and um, I would say meaningful relationship with his children. Mm. Yeah. I, it's just, I, I want to take the class number one. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it, 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 it is. And I, and again, I only read a few pages mm -hmm. and was totally moved, yeah. totally moved. And, um, and I know on stage, it's just going to be fabulous. And I don't know how you direct, but I, it's just, again, if it's just, it's very, it's one of the most moving pieces I've, I've seen in quite a while. Well, quite a while. Well, thank you um, for that. Yeah. And, uh, it's awful. So how did you begin? Well, first of all, one of the questions I always ask is, did you always know you were creative? I did. Oh, you I, did. I've always known that I was creative. I just didn't always know um, what area of creativity I was given to. Um, I started writing when I was around three years old. I started writing poetry. Um, and my mom, you know, said I just had an interest in words. And, you know, I talked very early and, you know, I loved talking to people. And I had an interest in, um, you know, just words and, and phonetic sounds and things like that. And so very early she nurtured that gift and it truly was a gift. And so I started writing very early. And then my mom also started taking me to the theater. She started taking me to see plays and to hear poets. Um, this was during the time, you know, I grew up in the, in the seventies, I was a little girl in the seventies. And so, you know, this was during the time in Florida where college campuses were bringing, you know, like famous African-American poets and, and African-American authors and things like that to college campuses, you know, and there was an opportunity to go to see these people speak. And 
So I have seen Maya Angelou when I was a very little girl. Wow. You know, I saw Tony Brown from Tony, Tony Brown's Journal. I saw the play for Colored Girls Who Committed Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough by wow. Ntozi Shang. I, I saw that when I was a little girl. So I was always fascinated with things on the stage and fascinated with the spoken word and the written word. And so... Unfortunately, though, I did not ever know that I was a playwright until I got to college. Mm -hmm. And I was a part of an organization um, on the campus. I went to school at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. And I was a part of an organization there that needed to do a fundraiser. And it was an organization of black students and they wanted to raise money for something. And I decided I was going to write this play and charge tickets, you know, for people to come and see this play. So I wrote this play called Things Are Gonna Get Better, and they never did. <laughs> it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It had 30 characters in it, you know, all who had to come on the stage at some point. Had no idea what I was doing. But it was my first time writing and directing, and I had a natural sort of um, love for it. I had a knack for it. And I've been writing and directing plays ever since. Wow. You know, I wrote poetry um, a lot throughout my life. But I didn't approach my first play until college. And mm -hmm. then it was like this bug that I, I had. It was all of a sudden this um, this itch that I constantly needed to scratch. Yeah. And so that's how I really came into into theater and directing. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell me now about how you got into becoming a pastor. Well, um, I uh, it's same thing in college, um, my, my senior year. Um, I went to, um, I was a part of an organization on campus, um, and the same organization actually, and um, we had a gospel choir, and we were going around to different churches in Macon, and we were singing as a part of the campus gospel choir, and um, that led to going to many different types of churches, and I ended up going to this church, it was a little church back in the woods in Macon, Georgia, and it was pastored by two women. And I went one Sunday and it was, it was as if I had this incredible, you know, um, just experience with God. You know, it was the point at which I knew God was real and that he had spoken directly to me and I wanted to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I accepted, you know, him into my life and that's how the journey began. So I just began growing spiritually. And shortly after that, I moved to Boston and I joined a church in Boston and continued studying, you know, the Bible and taking classes and those kinds of things. And before long, I knew that the Lord was calling me, you know, to serve him in a ministerial capacity. And so I started that. Um, I was, I think I was ordained back in 1997, you know, and I've just been serving in the local church since then. And a lot of my theater experience has happened in the local church where I've created plays and skits and done theater ministry, had a drama ministry in the church and ran that for about 13 years or so. And so I really cut my teeth, you know, in theater in the church at the same time as I was becoming, you know, a pastor and mm -hmm. a minister. So it kind of all happened together. Um, so... It has been um, a beautiful journey in that way because I've I've been able to affect people's life and their walk with God through theater. Um, 
sometimes people will not come to church and they don't want to hear a sermon, but they'll come to see a play. Right. Um, and so it is, it is very important that as a writer, you know, to take responsibility for what you want people to know and learn because they'll learn it in that medium when they may not learn it in any other. Right. So it's been a beautiful journey in that way. It's a gift that I so love and I so enjoy. Um, I think at this age now, I'm really looking to start to do it more full time. Mm -hmm. I've been in education for um, 20 plus years now, looking to towards retiring from that and then really doing theater full time. You know, I have my own theater company, which is Stage Praise Productions, and I've produced a number of shows through that, some in the Rhode Island area, some in the Boston area. And um, just really wanting that to be how I how I go into the second half of my life, as mm -hmm. I would call it, mm -hmm. you know, just really concentrating on art, poetry and b writing a book and, you know, all those kinds of things right. are aspirations for me. Yeah. yeah, I think it's great because, like you said, you know, people won't step into a church and and and, and I'm a very spiritual person. But if you stop. Prostal, I'm gonna say the mm -hmm. word wrong, but if you start, mm -hmm. I'm shutting down. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm of, don't tell me, show me. Mm -hmm. Give me yeah. a sample. Give me an example of how you how you are in the world, mm -hmm. and that I can follow. Right. But uh, people who mm -hmm. do this has shut me down. So when you're doing it in a side door mm -hmm. as a theater production mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you you hear something or something read and it amazes me because you will have a entire audience and everyone in that audience will get something different. Absolutely. You know, yes. they'll hear what they need to hear. Mm -hmm. And this is why I talk about creativity because it's not about being good or being better or being a master. It's about you expressing you and somebody somewhere needs to see that mm -hmm. because it, it helps them to express them. Absolutely. You know, and it, it's, it's so essential. I cannot yeah. emphasize it enough how, mm -hmm. how important creativity is. Absolutely. And I think at, at this, you know, in this particular century, you know, in the 21st century, I think we're seeing all manner of creativity, um, different types of creativity that we've never seen before. And I think that, and I think people who are their happiest and people who are thriving are people who have tapped into their personal creativity, whatever that happens to be, you know, like we're sitting here right now talking on a podcast, you know, well, 10 years ago, there was no such thing as a podcast, you know, but now that's another medium of creativity. You know, there are all these different ways in which we can tap into that part of us that is creative. And I think everybody has some form of creativity. I really everybody, do believe that. Everybody. Believe everybody it's in, has in, in something. Me, because mm -hmm. this is my personal philosophy, but what is God but mm -hmm. creation? Yes. And anything that's in the act of creation. Now, one of the problems I have with calling it art or creativity is people immediately go to dancing or music, music. or mm -hmm. theater, but it's broader than that. Yeah. Creativity um, is... Because growing up, my mother would say, I don't know where you came from. Like, mm. I don't understand you. And we had no money. So buying art supplies was not on the, the agenda. Right. And I resented it at first because I felt like she was like saying, you don't belong here. Mm. That's how I, I took it as a child. Mm -hmm. And then as I grew older, 
and watched my family from afar, you know, reflecting, my mother could create incredible meals with nothing. Yes. And there wasn't a recipe mm -hmm. and there weren't these fancy, you know, sauces and what. She just used what she had and she just had a knack. And to this day, I'm writing uh, this little thing for this thing online and, um, uh, you have to submit a recipe of your mom's and mm -hmm. she doesn't have any right. because it right. was all a little bit of this and a little bit of mm -hmm. that. And it just like, you know, you go, mom, how do you make that? Well, you know, you do this. And mm -hmm. it's just like, no, I can do that. And it doesn't come out the same. Right. But she had a knack. And then I look at my brothers too. And they became, I mean, we were dirt poor and they became multimillionaires. Mm. You don't create that without being creative right you don't and creativity is about problem solving it's mm -hmm. about seeing something and turning it it's just a matter of every day you put an outfit together that's creativity right you know right. Yes. you rearrange a room that's creativity so we need to get out of this thing and this is why you know i i tell people you know you don't need to be spielberg you don't need to be beyonce you need to be you, you. because we already have those guys absolutely we need what we need. you give absolutely you know yeah and the, and the bible says the very thing that you're saying you know romans 8 talks about that creation is waiting in eager expectation for the manifestation of the sons of god so it talks about, you know, that that there is this creation that's waiting for us to be creative. It's waiting for us to emerge because the world needs every single one of us to be who we were created to be, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately by God, who is the ultimate creator. You know, I mean, the Bible starts with in the beginning, God created, you know, heaven and the earth, you know, he and then he went on to create you know, flowers, birds, trees, you know, and separate waters and, you know, the move the east to the west. The north. All of this, all of this is a form of creativity, you know, and it, we also talk about, you know, the Bible also talks about, you know, that the heavens display the handiwork, you know, of God, that if we look around nature, we see his handiwork. Well, what more is handiwork than creativity, mm -hmm. than the creativity expressed? And so I fully am... I'm a, I am a firm believer that people will find some source of, of contentment within themselves once they figure out what their source of creativity is. Mm -hmm. For me, it happens to be writing and, and the stage and theater and directing. Um, I am my happiest directing a play. You know, and then the, what was it? The movie um, *Chariots of Fire*, where the where the man says, "I'm he that he is his." Um, when he runs, he felt God's pleasure. So when I'm writing, I feel God's pleasure. When I'm directing, I feel God's pleasure. When a play goes on the stage, that I have been, you know, working with actors and getting them ready to perform and watching them, you know, finally get a chance to display that, you know, in front of an audience. I know that God is pleased with that. Mm -hmm. And I know that that is the part of me that he wants me to do more than anything because that's what he put in, in mm -hmm. me to do. So I'm, I'm looking forward to more people um, and encouraging more people, being a part of people who are ready to tap into their own sense of creativity, finding out what that is, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's fashion design, whether it's cosmetology, whether it's, you know, um, design, you know, of some kind. Could be baking. Could be could baking. Be baking a could pie. be cooking. Could be the best pie and, you know, it, yeah. it, it could be so many things. And, and, and again, I... I don't know what that quote was, but I'd like you to say it again. The one, mm -hmm. the first one you said in Romans. Yeah, it's Romans chapter eight. And it says that, 
um, creation is waiting in eager expectation for the manifestations of the sons of God. Uh, that's just, that's awesome. That's and awesome. I have to like really focus on that, but yeah. it's just, and I have this saying that I came up with that mm-hmm. if it's light, it's right. Mm-hmm. When you feel that you could almost be lifted mm-hmm. off the ground, you're, you're on to something, yeah. you know, you're, you're connecting to your soul. Absolutely. And, and if we could all just work in our light, can mm-hmm. you imagine the ramifications of that? Like, can it, you imagine just, the healing that would come to the world if it, we all worked in our, yeah. in our light? Yeah. You know, if we all let our light so shine, the healing that the world actually needs would come forth in such a magnificent way if we all worked from that place. Yeah. And as I was sitting in the Trinity rep last night, um, and we're, you know, we're experiencing, you know, a Christmas carol, I'm watching, you know, the hundreds of people that are in there and everybody from the youngest person to the oldest person, everybody has a smile on their face. Everybody in that moment, you know, we're all in the same moment at the same place, experiencing the same thing at the same time. And what that thing is more than anything is joy, Mm -hmm. you know, because right in front of you is being played out a story and there are all forms of creativity in the playing out of that story from the costume design to the set design, to the building of the furniture, to the movement of the actors, the words that Charles Dickens wrote that are now being expressed, you know, by these thespians who have learned, you know, their craft. Oh my goodness, you know, what what a moment that is. And so those are the moments that make that make me joyful. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the moments that um, I live for. And I hope that there are many more of them to come. Oh, I have no doubt. Yes. I have no doubt. Um, and I'm and hoping, I hope I'm, I'm on your train. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You will be. Absolutely. You will be. Um, I think Romans road, um, has the potential to bring about that kind of joy. Yeah. Uh, not because I wrote it, but because I think the authenticity of the script will lend itself to, um, push the audience to places that I don't think that they're going to be expecting Mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very deep um, script. It was born out of some of my own struggles and some of my own pain. To write like that causes you to have to bear your soul to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my um, pain from my own life with my father, you know, my father was very, um, he was a very authoritarian man. And often in that authoritarian way, he wasn't always as compassionate or as kind as his children needed him to be. And as a girl, you know, growing up in that, you grow up with, um, trying to please people always you because you don't want to experience the rejection of you know not being perfect or not doing everything right and until my father passed in 2015 our relationship was incredibly strained and incredibly volatile um you know 
on his deathbed, he was not a pleasant human being. Mm. And so I had to, at many times throughout life, learn to forgive him. I had to forgive him many times over and over again. And through my relationship with Christ and through the training of the Father's heart, I learned that I did not have to live in the lie that I was made to believe because of the way that he was. And that lie was that I wasn't good enough or that I needed to attain perfection in order to be loved. And that is not true because God's love is unconditional and he loves us no matter what we are or who we are or how we are, flawed and all. Um, but that wasn't the message that I got from my earthly father. So in writing Romans Road, I had to tap into some of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to tap into the fact that um, I turned around then and married my father unintentionally. You know, I tried to get away from that, but I ended up marrying the very thing that I was most trying to escape. And the script will make people ask hard questions like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, why is it that I ended up with this person, you know, that is very much like what I was trying to avoid, you know, that taps into our, our sense of familiarity that mm -hmm. we go towards what is familiar, even if it's painful, mm -hmm. you know, and those are all places of, of deep, deep healing that every human being on earth can share. Mm -hmm. You know, there is not one of us that has not experienced some measure of, you know, emotional turmoil or pain or something that we're still wrestling with and that we're trying to get free from. No matter how old we are, and no matter what race we are, no matter what ethnicity we are, no matter what socioeconomic status we have, that's the one thing that brings, there are many things that bring human beings together. Um, I don't think we think much about them because we're so busy focusing on our differences. But if we focus on our sameness, the one thing we will find is that every single one of us exists in the earth with some measure of pain that is not our fault. That wasn't something that we chose. Mm -hmm. And how do we move on from that and find a measure of health and wholeness so that we don't pass that down to someone else? And that's really what Roma's Road is is designed to do. That's really what it's about. Yeah. So it was a journey that I had to um, I had to be willing to take the risk to expose myself mm -hmm. for the greater good of those who will see it. And I'm sure there was a lot of healing in in doing that. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I totally. I totally get that. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and yeah. I, and again, I, the, the writing is powerful. Mm -hmm. I know, I know because it's real. Yeah. It's real. It mm -hmm. came from a very authentic place. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Well, um, thank you. Cause I too had a very I, almost dictator mm -hmm. type father mm -hmm. and it was difficult. Yeah. It was difficult. Um, witnessed a lot of pain, mm -hmm. but anyway, um, let's talk about, when when is it coming up so people will know sure. i know because it's a few months down the road yes so, um, um the show is march 27th 28th and 29th so it's just a one run for a weekend mm -hmm. it's a friday saturday sunday so it's the end of march the very last weekend in march um and um the 
the Friday night show is an eight o'clock show and there is a matinee show on Saturday at two o'clock and then a 7 p.m. show on Saturday. And then we're going to have two shows on Sunday, one at three wow. and one at eight. Um, so there are talkbacks after the um, two o'clock show on Saturday and a talk back after the three o'clock show on Sunday. So if you you know want to come and see the play, um, we will be getting information out uh, via the internet, you know, and there will have flyers. Um, Is there going to be a website or something that they can go to? Yes, there will be a website. They can go to um, ndacne.org. Um, I do that slower. And so, so <laughs> yes, so ndacne.org, okay. and you'll be able to go to a link that says Romans Road, um, and you'll be able to purchase tickets there and, you know, find out all the information about where it is. It's going to be right here at 100 Niantic Avenue, which is where NDAC is, mm -hmm. and um, you'll be able to go on the website and buy tickets and um, find out all the information that you need in order to attend the show. So we're doing five shows in one weekend. So it's just that one run and, uh, we will see what happens with the show yeah. after that. Well, I, yeah. I still, and I told you that that day that mm -hmm. I believe this needs to tour. Yes. Just from the little bit that I've saw. So mm -hmm. Robin, thank you so much. Oh, thank it's, you. It's Joanna. such a pleasure. Yes. Um, check it out. Mm -hmm. um, she gave you the, the, the website a couple of times mm -hmm. and it's uh, not until March of 2020. Right. So you have time to prepare. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm telling you, you will be moved beyond. And I haven't even read the whole thing and I already know <laughs> um, because I was in the reading. Yes. Um, so thank you, Robin. You are wonderful. And uh, thank you, uh, listeners. And uh, don't forget, keep on creating.